Hi and welcome to Recap Revision. This episode is going to be about atomic structure. Atoms are very small, having a radius only of about 1 times 10 to the minus 10 metres. The nucleus in an atom has a radius less than 1 ten thousandth of the atom. The nucleus contains positive protons and neutral neutrons. The negatively charged electrons are arranged in different energy levels at different distances from the nucleus. Electrons can change energy levels by the absorption or emission of electromagnetic radiation. In an atom, the number of electrons is equal to the number of protons. Atoms have no overall charge because the size of the negative charge on an electron is the same size as the positive charge on a proton. Gaining an electron makes it become a negative ion. If the atom loses an electron, however, it becomes a positive ion. An atom is determined by the number of protons in its nucleus. The number of protons in an element is called its atomic number. The mass number is the number of protons and neutrons together. In the periodic table, above the symbol is the mass number, the bigger of the two numbers, and below the atomic number. Not all the atoms of an element have the same mass. An isotope are different forms of a particular element. Isotopes have the same number of protons but different number of neutrons. For example, aluminium 26 and aluminium 27. The scientific model of the atom had reason to be changed due to new experimental evidence. Before the discovery of the electron in 1897, atoms were thought to be indivisible solid spheres and the smallest part of matter. The first breakthrough was in 1904, the Plum Pudding model. J.J. Thompson proposed a new model for the atom. The idea was that an atom was made up of a positive ball of matter with electrons dotted inside. The electrons are the plums in the pudding. Five years later, in 1909, the Geiger and Marsden experiment led to the idea of the nuclear atom. The experiment was that they directed a beam of alpha particles at thin gold foil. They expected the alpha particles to travel straight through, and most of them did. However, some, a very small fraction of these, bounced back. The conclusion from this experiment is that alpha particles are repelled by a very small positively charged nucleus containing most of the mass of the atom. The nucleus must be small because only a small fraction of alpha particles bounce back. The nucleus is positive because its strong electric field repels the positively charged alpha particles and the nucleus must be massive because a small nucleus would be knocked forward by the alpha particle. In 1913, Niels Bohr suggested a model of the atom in which electrons move around the nucleus in circular orbits. Electrons can change their orbit in this model. Scientists have discovered that matter absorbs and emits specific energies or electromagnetic radiation. When an electron falls from a high level to a low level, it emits electromagnetic radiation. It absorbs electromagnetic radiation when it wants to jump up a level. Later experiments showed that the nucleus could be divided further into protons and neutrons. James Chadwick discovered neutrons in 1932.
some atomic nuclei are unstable. The nucleus gives out radiation and it changes to become more stable. This process is called radioactive decay and it is random. The activity of a radioactive source is the rate at which it decays. Activity is measured in becquerel, or BQ, shortened. One becquerel equals one nuclear decay per second. A small radioactive source might have a decay rate of 10 to the 6 becquerels. Ionising radioactive particles may be detected using a Geiger-Müller tube or a GM tube. The count rate detected by a GM tube is always less than the activity of a radioactive source because the source emits particles in all directions, not just in the direction of the GM tube. Nuclear radiation that may be emitted from nuclei include an alpha particle, consisting of two protons and two neutrons, the same as a helium nucleus, a beta particle, a high-speed electron that escapes from a nucleus when a neutron turns into a proton, a gamma ray, this is electromagnetic radiation emitted from the nucleus, and a neutron. An alpha particle has a few centimetres range in air and is stopped by paper. It has a very strong ionising power. A beta particle has a few metres range in air and is stopped by aluminium. It has a medium ionising power. A gamma ray covers great distances of range in air and is stopped by thick lead. It has a weak ionising power. Radiation that gets into our bodies can cause damage to the cells. Alpha particles can do the most damage. This could happen if we inhaled a radioactive gas. Gamma rays may be less ionising than alpha particles, but can get into our body because they are very penetrating. An alpha particle may be represented by the symbol for helium in the periodic table, with mass number 4 and atomic number 2. So when an alpha particle is emitted from a nucleus, it causes the mass number to decrease by 4 and the atomic number by 2. You should be able to show this in an equation. A beta particle may be represented by the symbol lowercase e, with mass number 0 and atomic number minus 1. So when a beta particle is emitted from a nucleus, the mass number remains the same, but the atomic number increases by 1. Remember, the atomic number increases, it does not decrease for beta particles. The emission of a gamma ray from a nucleus does not cause the mass or atomic number to change. The gamma ray has no mass or charge, but it does carry away some energy from the nucleus door. You should be able to show both alpha and beta particles in equations. Radioactive decay is random. You cannot predict when one nucleus will decay but when there are lots of nuclei, they decay in a predictable way. You can use the analogy of rolling lots of dice at the same time to help explain this. The half-life of a radioactive isotope is the time it takes for the number of nuclei in a sample to half. The half-life is also the time it takes for the count rate or activity detected by a GM tube or other detector to half. The half-life is a measure of the stability of a nucleus. A shorter half-life means the nucleus is less stable. You can determine the half-life by measuring the activity of a radioactive isotope. A graph can show how the measured count rate for an isotope changes with time. The activity of a radioactive isotope is half after one half-life, a quarter after two half-lives, an eighth after three half-lives, and a sixteenth after four half-lives. 
There is an important difference between irradiation and radioactive contamination. A patient may be exposed to radiation in a course of radiotherapy. Then the body is irradiated by a specific dose of radiation. Once the radioactive source is removed, the patient's body is not radioactive. Radioactive contamination occurs when unwanted radioactive material is absorbed by another material. For example, a leak of radioactive waste from a power station flowing into a river and then animals drinking that river, absorbing radioactive materials into their bodies. In this way, an animal is contaminated and continuously exposed to radiation. When a radioactive source is used to irradiate something, the operator takes precautions to avoid exposure to radiation. For example, radiographers in hospitals wear lead aprons and keep well away from a source when it is being used. Radioactive contamination provides a great risk to us, as we cannot shield ourselves. If we have absorbed a contaminated material, the radioactive source is inside our body. exposed to a low level of radiation due to radioactive sources in the environment. The main sources of background radiation are rocks that produce radon gas, cosmic rays from space, buildings on the ground and food and drink. Many rocks contain radioactive isotopes and some rocks produce radon gas. This is dangerous as it radon emits alpha particles that can get into our lungs if we inhale it. Radioactive isotopes also get into our food and drink or into the materials we use to build our houses. Energetic radioactive emissions, cosmic rays, reach us from the sun or deep space. In this way, we are exposed to radiation all the time. We can be exposed to radiation also through man-made sources, like the emissions from the Chernobyl reactor in Ukraine. People are sometimes exposed to radiation when they undergo medical treatment, or workers in their place of work. The radiation dose that our bodies receive is measured in sieverts or millisieverts. The dose is a measure of energy imported in our body and the damage done by a particular radiation. The typical background dose in Britain per year is 2 millisieverts. The background dose we receive varies depending on our location and occupation. The maximum dose allowed per year for a worker in an industrial setting is 50 millisieverts. Nuclear radiations are used in medicine mainly in two ways for the examination of internal organs and for the destruction or control of unwanted tissues. A tracer is a radioactive isotope that is absorbed by the body. The radioactive emissions allow doctors to monitor the body. Technetium-99 is a commonly used tracer. This radioactive isotope is attached to a biochemical agent which is then absorbed by the organ to be examined. Technetium-99 has many advantages such as it emits gamma rays that can be detected outside the body and it has a half-life of 6 hours. A short half-life means the isotope has a high activity so the gamma rays are easily detected for a short time. But as soon as the examination is finished, the short half-life ensures the isotope is not emitting gamma rays for long inside the body. Some cancers can be destroyed with high doses of radiation. Sometimes gamma rays are directed from outside the body. Other cancers are treated by chemicals inside the body that emit alpha or beta radiation, which supplies a dose directly to the cancer, short range. Exposure to radiation carries a risk, but this is a smaller risk than leaving a cancer untreated. 
Radioactive isotopes have a wide variety of half-lives. The hazard associated with the radioactive material depends on the half-life. Doctors would want to use a tra tracer with a short half-life, so that it has a high activity for a very short time, reducing the dose received by the patient. Isotopes with a short half-life are highly active, but for a short time. An isotope with a half-life of 8 days is a hazard for a few months, however after a few years there is little risk. Isotopes with a long half-life provide a risk for many years. Cesium-137 has a half-life of 30 years, therefore an area contaminated by it might be a hazard for hundreds of years. Nuclear fission is the splitting of a large nucleus, for example uranium or plutonium. Sometimes a nucleus spontaneously splits into two, but this is rare. Fission is usually triggered by a neutron. The neutron strikes the nucleus and the nucleus becomes unstable. Then the nucleus will split into two smaller nuclei of roughly the same size. Two or three further neutrons and some gamma rays are emitted. All the products of fission have a store of kinetic energy. Neutrons that are emitted during fission can strike other neighbouring nuclei and cause them to split too. This can produce a chain reaction. A controlled chain reaction is used in a nuclear power station. The energy from the fission products can be used to generate electricity. In an uncontrolled chain reaction, the energy is produced at such a rate that a nuclear explosion is produced. This is the principle behind a nuclear bomb. Fission can be described by nuclear equations. A neutron plus the original nucleus changes to two nuclei plus however many neutrons plus the gamma rays. Two small nuclei can fuse together at very high temperatures to form a heavier nucleus. This process, nuclear fusion, happens in stars. Some of the mass of the smaller nuclei is turned into the energy of radiation. For example, this re reaction can occur in the sun. A hydrogen-1 nucleus, or a proton, can fuse with another hydrogen-1 nucleus or proton to form a hydrogen-2 nucleus. Then a hydrogen-2 nucleus can fuse with another proton to make a hydrogen-3 nucleus. Then the hydrogen-2 nucleus and a hydrogen-3 nucleus will fuse together to make a helium nucleus of mass number 4 and atomic number 2 plus a neutron with mass number 1 and energy. Remember, when balancing an equation involving fission, Remember to include the neutron on the left-hand side. Thank you for listening to this Recap Revision podcast on atomic structure.